This episode of Aphorisms is recorded in London, the colonial capital, and on the unceded lands of the Gadigal and Wongal peoples. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and future. Oh hey there, welcome back to episode 5 of Aphorisms. Um, at the time of recording, it is about a week into Mercury Retrograde, and I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I have been kicked in the dick repeatedly since it started. Um, but, I mean, that's what happens, that's why we warned you. Mercury, she does not fuck around. So hopefully your retrograde so far has gone way better than mine has. But anyway, this week we catch up on Real Housewives of Potomac, um, as I think we'll be doing going forward, because week to week there is just a lot to process. Um, even just outside of the Monique Candace thing and we need to kind of come to grips on our feelings um, Maddie and I plus we discuss what happens when your fave turns problematic um, in my case it's the BA test kitchen um, at Condé Nast and the recipe and food videos that seemed so innocent and pure um, of an obsession to have and what happens when that goes wrong basically plus we well I finally watched um, the Charmed reboot and just in time, because some shit went down on the internet with the old Charmed Witches and the new Charmed Witches. And Maddie has like a really fascinating insight as to why I was so obsessed with just the first three seasons um, of the original Charmed, which I fully had not processed yet, but might be totally accurate. So you're just going to have to listen to find out. And I hope you enjoy. Um, good, good evening, Maddie. <laughs> good morning, Ash. Oh my God, we're opposite. Everything's topsy-turvy because it's my daytime and your nighttime. That's right. Oh, that's really weird. And I don't know if I like it. We won't keep <laughs> doing this. Um, how are you going? Happy, happy. Oh, it's the end of your weekend. It's Sunday evening. It is. Have you had a good weekend? I have had a good weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Just been chilling. That's good. Yeah. Me too, to be honest. Yeah. I bought myself a bottle of Prosecco um, and a jug of orange juice yesterday and I just made myself bottomless mimosas all day long on the couch watching cooking shows. <laughs> yeah. Which cooking shows were you watching? Um, oh, God. There was like MasterChef The Professionals. There was Bake Off. And then there was some other random one that wasn't very good, but um, Glyn Purnell was the host, and I love him because I used to love Great British Menu. <laughs> very niche interest. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, you have a lot to say about cooking shows this week. So I have a back. lot to say about cooking shows. So, I mean, get ready for that. I hope, I hope you like cooking shows. You do. You watch a lot of that stuff. I do. But once again, I watch it on free day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've never seen the same cooking show <laughs> that's true well before we do any of that shall we kick off with our horoscopes um for astrology hacks yes let's go astrology hacks <laughs> i may have a little um jingle that's a little bit catchier than that this week please get ready for the world debut of astrology hacks that my brother so kindly recorded after he heard us talking about this on the podcast the other week. <laughs> yes. Also, another person from the Maddie Fan Club who messaged me this week to let me know they adore you. Thanks, family and friends, for the support. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway. Okay. Read us your weekend horoscope. My weekend horoscope from Scorpio Mystique says, um, the moon... With the moon now in our sign all weekend long, you'll be feeling the upcoming energy of Scorpio season and it'll feel electrifying. Um, uh. So far, nothing's really felt electrifying to me this weekend, but um, I'll wait. I've still got most of Sunday for it to feel that way. Um, so many of your desires are within your grasp, Scorpio, and it feels refreshing to witness your own metamorphosis. That's exciting because I'm waiting on a lot of desires to be within my grasp. I need my visa to come through. <laughs> I need a work contract to come through and I need a new flat to come through. So, I mean, maybe they will based on that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it also says take as much time as you need on your own this weekend, even if you have other responsibilities to tend to. By retreating into your own world and honoring your journey, you'll get more cosmic downloads from the universe and you'll become more aware of where to place your energy. That's good to know. I'm not entirely sure what that means, other than take as much like time on so, your own. That's okay. Go ahead. I feel like you did that this weekend, right? Or I, your weekend's still going compared to mine, but... um. Yesterday, you said you were chilling. I was chilling so hard. It was like the most joyous day I've had in a very long time. Um, and I bought myself a shit ton of pastries, like really good ones. Yeah, it was a great day. <laughs> I really did tune into myself. Um, it also says you may have had to let go of people, mindsets and circumstances recently. And it's all starting to make sense. You can feel your new beginning being born in this moment. This may inspire you to set some magical intentions this weekend. They'll feel so fun and expansive and it's what you deserve. What a delightful horoscope this week. (laughs) Correct me if I'm wrong, but pretty much just says all your wishes will be granted this weekend. Yay. (laughs) What about that bit about at the end about um, letting go of like people or mindset? Do you feel like there's something you've let go of? Um, I feel like I'm letting go of my flat. I'm moving out of my flat with my current housemates, like, as we, there's four of us. Um, and we were all really sad to do it. But then after the roof started leaking um, on me this week and things are just falling apart, I think we all just feel very ready to actually let it go. Um, so I don't know if it means that, but we, I mean, we're all still in love with each other and adore each other, but we're all very like, okay, the time has come. So I'm moving out with two of them still. Um, but the fourth, she's going her own way. Um, and I'm also being moved into a new department at work, which I was really resisting. I was like, not happy about that. Cause I love, love my team at work so much. Um, but I'm starting to accept that it's probably a positive move and I'll still uh-huh. be friends with them, but, um, it's definitely good for my career. <laughs> it just wasn't very good for my mental health over the last few weeks. Cause everything else was also a pain in the ass so I was like no <laughs> please mm. please don't so do it. there's so much change there's a lot more change than a fixed sign should ever have to deal with <laughs> at one time mm-hmm. so I'm really struggling I feel like you're on the up now it sounds like it, it sounds like you're getting like your metamorphosis is, is <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be like a butterfly emerging from a cocoon yeah he's hoping a black butterfly yeah. <laughs> I'm off nice all right i hope mine's as good as that yeah good luck okay mine says um the moon is in scorpio this weekend um so you need to take time to absorb enlightening vibes uh as a result of the recent uh libra new moon um so remember that being conscious with oneself and nourishing one's soul is um is an intention in itself uh, this weekend, you'll find yourself seeking to be held, loved on, cuddled, and adored. <laughs> oh, no. What? Did you not have that? I don't know. Oh, your partnership sector is activated by the Scorpio moon, helping you feel more connected to your romantic side, side and tap into what your current erotic urges are. Oh, oh. why does my get <laughs> sexual? You always get so uncomfortable. What does that mean? How did how did that come into effect this weekend, Maddie? <laughs> um, you look horrified. Literally, like I went to Costco on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> did that get your erotic <laughs> urges going? <laughs> yeah. Well, I went. I went, and I got like a silk pillow. <laughs> that was quite erotic. <laughs> Um, is that for your sleeping is that for skincare why did you get or just because it was a textural thing in your Taurus it's supposed to be good for your skin it is supposed to be really good for your skin and your hair yeah um but like this one was like it's like made of silk inside the pillow this one as well and (laughs) it's like really good for people with allergies that Um, does sound like an erotic pillow yeah, but then it had the, the silk case too. So I was like, yeah, that's lovely. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you're exploring your erotic urges. <laughs> the humping pillows. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it says 
and the last line is um this is an ideal weekend for taking yourself or someone else on a date <laughs> did you take yourself on a date to costco well i actually i went with karina but oh no i guess that's yeah definitely not romantic then. no but yeah i think the silk pillow was about as erotic <laughs> but I did squeeze my dog. I did squeeze my chihuahua. Like in terms of being cuddled on a door, like he wanted to be cuddled because chihuahuas don't like the cold. Oh, bless. So he was very cuddly too. My oh. partner, she's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like a peach. Yo. All right. Well, that was distressing. Um, <laughs> One might say that your horoscope was just as good as mine, if not better, but you're, like, not having it. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm glad you don't try to read the sex horoscopes anymore. I'm going to. It's just not a new month yet. For November, it's happening. Because they come out for a new month. We are absolutely doing that. So, when we used to read each other's horoscopes before, we also... I discovered the sex horoscopes, and... These are hilarious to me only because every time I read any of it, you're like screaming how heinous it is. And so I have to bring that back. Can we just do it? It's monthly? It's monthly. <sighs> you can do with it once a month. Once a month is a lot. Oh my God. Let's just see how November goes. It might be great. All right. Okay, great. <laughs> So that's our astrology update. We both sound like we're in pretty good positions after the weekend or during the weekend. I'm quite happy with mine. It sounds like I said I'm going to get everything I want. So that'd be perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Are you okay? I've just been, like, working before my brain and now it's finished. Okay. Um, But I still have capacity. I still have some brain power to discuss episode 11 of Real Housewives of Potomac. Fucking let's talk about Real Housewives of Potomac. Um, This week was a bit of a filler episode. It wasn't like a, I think, you know, the editors knew, the producers knew that we needed a little bit of a breathing space room. Um, So this week we had a few of like the in-between things that happened. So following the big, big fight and the aftermath um, of Monique and Candace, we had a bit of respite with Karen going home to her home, her hometown, um, for homecoming. Is that what she was doing? So what is what is homecoming? Did, did you ask me the other day what homecoming was too? Did I? Hmm. I think I asked what a freshman was. Oh, you did. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what homecoming is in this capacity. I thought it was like just one of the dances that happened on American high school movies. Um, but it seemed like it's also a thing that Karen did. And also, can I just say, her husband Ray, I know they're going through a moment in their marriage. So they're Karen and Ray have been married for like 30 years or something. They've got grown children. And she stayed with him through all his tax issues over the last few years. But this year they're having like marriage issues. And he can't say he loves her. But, like, to the point where he can't even turn it on just for the fucking cameras and in front of her friends. She's like, bye, honey. I'm going on my trip. I love you. And he's like, take care. Pull it yeah. together, you bastard. That's your wife of, like, 30 years. Just give her a crumb. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It made me sad for her. Because Karen, it's, very- it's really sad. She deserves so much better than that. She does. <sighs> anyway, so she took Giselle and... Ashley with her to homecoming I think um Giselle was kind of shady throughout the whole thing and like talking about what a real place it was but it was quite you know it was just like a fun filler part of the episode would you agree yeah I thought so Ashley left her corpse husband at home with I think the baby I think for the first time she left the baby behind yeah, but surely she doesn't leave that baby with that hideous man. Absolutely not. Oh, my God. Also, I think I messaged you this week. There's a, there's footage of Michael back from season one, I think, of being on the show where he grabbed one of the cameraman's asses again. So this is – and it was caught on camera, and he's just been getting away with it for years. He's a disgusting human being. I'm shaking my head. These conservative <laughs> politicians, man. Yeah, gross. So hideous. 
And um, who was that other Real Housewife that came out this week? Oh, Katie. So Katie is from Real Housewives of Potomac also, but from a couple of seasons ago. And someone on Twitter or on Instagram or something posted like a room, like a scandalous, salacious rumor that she had hooked up with a woman, like another cast member. And then Katie responded and it was such a brilliant response. She was basically like, I can see that you're like violently trying to out me. The thing is, I'm a bisexual woman and I am proud of it. And I did have a very beautiful, like loving relationship with someone else on the cast. Um, And I don't think it's still going, but she was basically just like taking agency over it, owning it and like refusing to be shamed basically for this clearly homophobic like post trying to make it such a scandal. And I was like, Katie's gay? (laughs) But who do you think it is? I think it's Ashley. It has to be Ashley, surely. Because last week she she was like, I have had relations with women also. Remember? Yeah, that's what, that was immediately what I thought. Yeah. So I think, yeah. I did not see that coming. I'm definitely going to go back for a rewatch now to see if I can pick up on anything. Yeah, trying to spot the tension. Me too. Yes. Okay. Great. great. Now there's something good to look at. <laughs> yeah. And also, um, speaking of Ashley, the vibes in this episode seemed to me like Ashley was like almost like Ashley's kind of like dangling the fact that Michael does um, – does like is interested in same gender people over him now like she seems like very confident and very like strong in herself which means i think that she like knows that she has some really a lot over michael yeah. if that makes a hundred million billion percent that makes sense she's like i will do this post-nuptial agreement i will take the bag and run and you can't do anything about it and it is what it is and i'm just like I can't fault that, nor can I, like, shade that. Like, good for her. Yeah. Unfortunately. Sorry. I was just going to say, unfortunately, she still has to be around disgusting Michael Darby, but as long as it pays off for her in the long run, good for her. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I remember I said to you at the start of this season, like, when I started watching, I was like, Ashley is insane, like, is an insane person. That was the vibe I got from her initially. (laughs) And now she's become a lot more interesting than I initially thought. Yeah, much more. Same. And I've seen her for many seasons. (laughs) I had no idea. Yes. So, yes, um, I had a bit of, like, a change. I felt like this episode, even though it was a filler episode, like, it sort of changed my perspective on a few people, including Robin. Oh, your fave. Your fave, Robin Dixon. She um she revealed that she's going through some financial strife because she just she was managing her own finances and then realized that she owes um the IRS ninety thousand dollars I believe, whereas she was the one that was shading Karen for years because she was like how could you not have known that like um Ray had all these tax issues like how could you not have known like Robin how could you not have known that you yourself owed ninety thousand dollars. Tax evasion, not wife material. Not wife material. Do not wife Robin up. <laughs> no. Dodged a bullet there. You dodged a bullet. It was very close. Swishing by. like, she was sort of this week trying to um, make up, like, it seemed like either she was trying to suck up or, like, make up to one with the cosplay situation. That was bizarre when she turned up in that fucking horrible wig it didn't even seem like she was trying to be sexy it did seem like cosplay weird like costume vibes it did not seem like it was like they were doing a role play thing was it in a restaurant or something Mm -hmm. and it just felt so uncomfortable and I hated every single second of it that was it that I mean tax evasion was a bit too far but then that cosplay activity was um um yeah, I'm going to take a step back from Robin. <laughs> that was the nail in the coffin for you. We'll let her know. I'll let her know. <laughs> yes. And then obviously the other drama this week that was... Sorry, can I just say quickly, you said that you yeah. loved Aries people, right? I mean, this is what happens. If you do want to fuck with Aries, you also have some crazy shit that pops up. You just got to weigh the balance of, you know, what's acceptable or what's your deal breaker or not. In this case, tax evasion deal breaker wild role-playing deal breaker yeah 
Fair. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Karina always says to me, oh, what does she say? She says, um, you love, as a character flaw, you love fiery women, but you cannot handle them. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I feel like you would just freak out. Yeah, any, like, any um, inch, like, any tiny bit of chaos, I'm like, no thanks. No, no, no. <laughs> How long, because you used to date Karina, right? Oh, very briefly. Like, oh, okay. we just went really on one date, and then we became friends. Nice. Um, yeah, so we didn't, we not very long, because okay. I knew I couldn't handle it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so it's good. We knew that I could absolutely not handle it. <laughs> it's good to know your limitations. Yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway, what were we talking about? That's true that, like, you know, I mean, I think Aries are very attractive to some people. And I think maybe if you're, like, a water sign but who's not a Scorpio, definitely, because Scorpios are absolutely an exception to this. <laughs> um, I feel like water signs, like, they're more, like, low-energy like depresso mob like <laughs> you mean pisces and cancer <laughs> they need the chaos to like lift them you know what i mean just Absol- to like keep starting sorry i know exactly what you mean yeah no i am absolutely not that i avoid chaos i feel like i already have enough internally <laughs> like, of that energy i do not need to find that yeah absolutely yeah yeah you're right um yeah so then Monique, speaking of another fiery gal, Monique had a meeting with her pastor in this episode. She did. Uh, where I was really, because, you know, at first I was like, Monique needs a therapist, not a pastor. <laughs> Apparently Monique does not believe in therapy other than that, like aromatherapy. Yeah, that is uh, unfortunately not a surprise to me. Also, so, I wish that was my joke, but it wasn't. It was Obi Batch and Bravo on Instagram who said that to me, and that was not my joke. And I felt just guilty all of a sudden claiming that as my own. Continue. <laughs> what was their name? Obi Batch and Bravo. He's amazing and has some very, very hot takes on the Real Housewives of Potomac. Like pretty much any time he says something in a couple of months, you're like, oh, that was true. So follow, follow that. them. Follow them. For their hot takes, yeah, and then maybe one day they will want to come on this podcast. Surprise, they might, yeah, yes, yeah. um, yeah. So, the pastor, uh, I was, yeah, I was like not impressed when the pastor showed up because I was like, here we go, therapy <laughs> avoidance, um, <laughs> therapy avoidance, very impressed. I was like, go, sir, I forgot uh, their name, sorry, <laughs> but I was like, this man is one of the more useful men I've seen on television. <laughs> yeah, he was good. I think he kept it on track. He kept the conversation moving. He made Monique confront a lot of... He basically kept turning it, like, inwardly onto herself. Like, why did you do this? Don't deflect. Like, there is something in you that made you act this way or you, one of your kind of latent issues or whatever that made you respond in this capacity, not necessarily the other person, do you feel? Absolutely. It was skillful. It was, that would be the word that I used to describe it. It was very skillful. Yeah. Um, prompting of self-reflection, um, using the information that he knew about Monique's life. Obviously Monique's had like quite a traumatic life mm-hmm. and her coping, coping mechanism is perfectionism, which I personally know nothing about. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and yeah. And then finally when, with that sort of like crying from the pastor, Monique was forced to reflect on the reasons that she attacked Candace. And that was when we finally saw some remorse yep. from Monique. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a relief to see. Cause up until this point I was like, what is happening? And you were right. I'll say that publicly last week that she was like still in the moment and therefore not able to have that self-reflection and probably, kind of have blocked out a lot of things and that as you said skillful prompting um from the pastor helped her get there and there was like an immediate kind of break you could see her kind of come to the realization visibly absolutely and i think you know i care so much about stuff like this because um it's so important like not to sound like a therapist i'm not a therapist 
Um, and I'm also like not qualified in any kind of therapeutics, but I do believe that like most behaviors are trying to communicate a need. And like, I've just learned that from my own personal life and, and, um, having difficult, what, what people, people who other people would consider difficult Mm. around me in my life is that I always try to look behind, okay, like they're, you know, they're being aggressive or they're, um, acting in a way that I can't understand. Like, let me try and you know, work out like what they need Mm. and try to give it to them. So I think, yeah, it was well done. Oh man, I wish I knew that pastor's name now, but well done, (laughs) sir. You, um, you got in there, you saw the need, you saw the reasons why for the behavior and, um, yeah. And he, you know, he said, he also talked about the fact that it's not just Candace that she's lashing out at, like it was actually, you know, the pressure, the yes. um, pressure for like financial and social status that comes with being on this show and a lot of different different um, issues that were causing her to feel like attacked or, or less than and um, and how that like sort of manifested yeah. was, yeah. And I'm not was sure it. if this plays into it as well, but there were rumours at the beginning of the season that she kind of stepped out on her husband with her personal trainer. So maybe she's just like kind of on the defence against these women because she's not sure if that's going to start being used against her, which is a very real thing that could happen on Real Housewives. Some seasons they'll just pick one thing about someone and then that becomes the issue of the season and you can't escape it, like Puppygate and Lisa Vanderpump. So you just (laughs) never know kind of where that's going. So maybe she was just like kind of stealing herself for that. But Candace was not coming into this season actually wanting to do that. I feel like it's evident now. She's come in a very different capacity to kind of be less confrontational this year. So Mm -hmm. I don't don't think that was going to be her intention. But Monique might have been ready to go with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hundo. Like (laughs) I feel like everything that you said last week is true about and even like Hannah's um conspiracy theory which is like a very good judge i think like that is all true do you know what i mean like that yeah when you understand her background and you understand like how survival for her requires like always pushing forward and like always um being the one in control you can understand how all that kind of um that kind of uh power struggle between Mm. other girls um and those feelings or those insecurities might come up in those struggles and um yeah it it kind of all makes sense it does it does I'm curious to see how the rest of the season goes but I'm glad we have this episode to sort of settle things a little bit for sure and you know what like (laughs) this brings me to my other point that Monique cannot trust these bitches and neither can Candace because let me tell you Nobody that is your friend tells you to press charges in a situation that is not financial. Yeah. So Candace has been told, was it Karen? Did Karen say it to her that she would have pressed charges if this happened to her? So now Candace is considering pressing charges against Monique. I think she does. I think she did. Yeah. There was a, there was a um, spoiler at the end of the episode that, she is going to press charges against Monique. And um, so it started with Karen, but then like Candace's mum got in on it. And I feel like, you know, from an outsider perspective, as soon as Candace's mum thinks something's a good idea, you know that shit is toxic. Hey, like, fucking man. Have you seen life. Have you seen any of the past seasons with Candace's mum's situation? I don't need to. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she's fucked. Like they've got a very toxic relationship and that has been Candace's previous kind of issue with therapy she's always going to talk about her mum so as soon as her mum is weighing in on something you got to be like red flag red flag red flag this this can't be good it's absolutely not the best thing in many cases for a person to press charges not even like taking the Monique side out of it right like it is not the best course of action for Candace to to extend this situation Mm. that is obviously very traumatic for her to like yeah what is the like do you know what I mean you have to think about when you interact with like a judicial system what is to be gained like so like if somebody owes you money or like you need to like settle finances okay you have like a lot to gain from potentially a very like difficult and um for a lot of people traumatic time 
but like what is Candace actually going to gain from um punishing Monique in this way it's only people just being like toxic about um a disapproving of Monique's behavior and b possibly trying to um in Candace's mum's sake possibly trying to capitalize on a, a financial aspect of it yeah, and, like, I think sway public opinion to immediately place herself as, like, the victim and therefore the onus was on Monique who did the wrong thing. You know what I mean? Just for future seasons and stuff. I think I think they do think about their image a lot, especially with how they stack up against the other women and what will be used as future kind of porn points. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So would you say that, like, because um, I, I don't have the background history on Candace, um, but... Obviously, she's done a lot of work on herself and, and stuff oh, like that. Oh, yeah. In this scenario, like, the way that she's reacting and, like, the way that she's, like, emoting about this scenario, do you believe that's genuine? Or do you think that she's trying to set herself up or self-victimise or something? Or could it be both? I think it's both. I do think it's genuine because... But then I also think she's genuinely trying to manage it. And to her, maybe this is a method of processing do you know what i mean like in the past she would have just fucking lost her shit as well like she's thrown a butter knife at someone before like she's not like cool calm and collected and self-reflecting kind of person so i think this is an improvement on how the situation could have gone in previous seasons um and i think as part of that maybe she feels like she'll get closure or this is an important step for her do you know what i mean i do think it is I don't know. I think it's genuine in the sense that she's really trying to manage her own reaction. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. So it's not like a raw, genuine response, but it is a genuine attempt at calming herself. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel bad for Monique now. Like, do you? I felt bad for her, but now I really feel bad for her knowing that she's going to have charges pressed against her. I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll regroup. Um, so that's Real Housewives of Potomac. This is a bloody good season. This is one of the best seasons of Real Housewives I've ever seen. Just genuine and interesting and thought-provoking and funny. And I just love it. I just love it. I love Real Housewives of Potomac. I'm so grateful for it. I hope Candace gets that dog. <laughs> oh, also, have you heard of anything of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City? I have not. Oh, but I, well, I did. I watched the trailer, but have you seen it yet? No, I haven't seen it yet. But fuck, that's gonna be the best ever. I reckon it looks insane. Yeah. I can't yeah, wait. yeah, yeah. I went to um when I went to uni in Scotland. I had a, a good. I still have. I'm still friends with her. I have a friend who's from Salt Lake City. Oh, cool. And yes, her perspective like let's just say like when she got to scotland she was saving for herself for marriage <laughs> so scotland, um she was like pissing in urinals with me so, um, she sounds great shout out to mackenzie hi mackenzie um yes hope she enjoys real housewives of salt lake city I think everyone's well. gonna enjoy real housewives of salt lake city it looks fantastic um, I'm excited. That's- we'll recap that, I reckon, by, episode by episode because it's going to be brand new. Yeah. Do we know when it's coming out? We'll check. We'll, we'll check. And we'll check. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, that was our Real Housewives chat for the week. Moving swiftly along. Oof. I had a lot of feeling about, feelings. I had one feeling, but I had a deep feeling about um, Bon Appetit Test Kitchen returning this week. So for those that don't know... Bon Appetit is a food magazine under Condé Nast. Um, and a few months ago... Oh, yeah, and they would release recipe videos basically all the time. And the test kitchen sort of became kind of like the office, but for, like, the Bon Appetit magazine and food editors and stuff. So they come up with recipes and then we'd do, like... They would do episodes about, you know, cooking the food or whatever. But they all became really good friends and it was really, really lovely and I was obsessed with it <laughs> and I watched it pretty much every single day. It was like my unwinding time from like coming home from work and stuff because it was just so pure and good and like fun to watch. And people on the, like, I'm not crazy. This was a thing on the internet, right? Like it was a big deal. People were obsessed. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, you've heard of it, right? 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. I'm not like it's not that niche. Um, and then a few months ago, it was while we were in lockdown, one of the staff members announced she was resigning. Her name's Sola, and she's the best. And basically put Bon Appetit on blast and Condé Nast and was like, I am not getting paid for my video appearances. Nothing is equal. A lot of the um, black and indigenous people of color are not getting paid equally to our white counterparts. They refuse, like management refuses to rectify this. I fucking had it. I'm not being valued for my work. I'm leaving. And this was truly like, I remember being just absolutely shocked because Sola is like the go-to in every single person's video. Like even Claire, who's like, I think the highest paid and was the most popular Claire Saffitz, she would always be like, Sola, can you help me like temper chocolate? Or like she was always the person that was helping everyone with her like skills and knowledge. And so she announced that. And then all of a sudden everything kind of kicked off and pretty much everyone who was like a black or indigenous person of color at Bon Appetit ended up resigning. And a lot, some of their white colleagues as well. So Molly, Carla, Claire all resigned and stopped filming like immediately videos and ended their contracts. The three people left behind are three white men, shock, um, from the original cast. And one of them is just like particularly devastating to me. He like, just, I loved him. Chris Morocco was the best in my opinion. And he's the one that's kind of stayed behind and didn't really post anything about it in solidarity with his colleagues other than like one story. Um, and he's still there and basically relaunched last week, the new test kitchen with the brand new staff who are very diverse, but it just feels so like Condé Nast let everyone else leave, refused to pay the people that had made the channel successful and what it is, what they deserved. And so now the new people that have come in, sure there's representation, but now the people in charge have like a really solid reason not to pay them equally because it's like, they don't have the experience. No one knows who they are. So the three white men are still going to get paid more than everybody else. And the people that they should have valued at the channel have all left and moved on to do other things. And it was just, oh, it was so devastating. They relaunched with this crappy, like PR worthy video. And yeah, it was just really disappointing. And that happened last week and it sucks. Yeah. Disappointment worldwide. Worldwide. Was- um, mm-hmm. And I think it's just so indicative in the food industry in general, like the pe- the kind of people who are valued for their knowledge and skills and who are given accolades and the people who aren't. And it's always the chefs of color and um, people that cook their own cuisine. And, do you know what I mean? Like white chefs yeah. who go other places and do watered down versions of like Vietnamese cooking or whatever kind of get heralded for putting a modern twist on Asian cuisine or whatever. And the people who are actually the experts and doing wonderful things are not mm-hmm. valued at all or given like the due that like the credit they deserve. Yes. Yeah. It's just like modern equals less spices. <laughs> or like modern equals something that looks a little bit more like steak and potatoes. Like it's not, there's no like fucking modern in brackets flair without like it, more closely resembling English cuisine. Yeah, exactly. Like, what was the point of all this colonizing if you're not going to use the fucking spices? Truly. So that was really disappointing. Um, yeah, and it sucked. And we see it all the time, especially like it's a very white industry. Um, and this just kind of highlighted all of that really, really clearly and in a really sad way because it was something that was so kind of beloved. Mm-hmm. and it just brought a lot of things to light so I mean at least that is a positive thing that people are now having these conversations and you know Condé Nast is doing the bare minimum in terms of getting more diversity and you know highlighting different chefs and stuff but it's like it does feel very too little too late because they let all the people go that they should have been paying for their knowledge and popularity absolutely um yeah i have seen a few things emerge since then like um a few more opportunities like in australia they were uh in direct response to the um ba controversy um a publisher did like reach out for diverse diverse voices in food so there was like 
there was that I suppose um in that sense like it's it has highlighted that Mm -hmm. and it did start more of a conversation around what um I personally have been observing on MasterChef many (laughs) years now um but yes oh yeah so um yeah like the last season of MasterChef was it was really um, evident, like that having a judge of color, for example, makes a huge difference. So, mm-hmm. in the new series of MasterChef, Melissa Leong is one of the judges, and the other judges who are unimportant, and I won't mention their names, um, <laughs> are white men. Ah, and there it is. But like Melissa Leong is constantly like correcting them or trying to like um, change their perspective. Um, on people that cook their own cuisine right yeah so like people who have um this like extensive intergenerational knowledge of like um technique um or like ingredients or you know we and this particular season it was like return of favorites and so we just like got like the best of the best there was so (laughs) many people of color because like most of the people of color on the show um, I think, or well, not most, like 50% of the people of, of colour on this season, uh, which were favourites, were also queer. So, like, obviously Aww. queer people love MasterChef in Australia. <laughs> Is that a like. thing? I feel like I missed that while I was still in Australia. Yes, like, I feel like gay mob and, sorry, queer people and, um, like, ethnics love cooking shows, especially free-to-air. I feel like that's, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I loved cooking shows too. I just didn't realise that was, like, a queer thing. I guess it was. It has to be. Hey, guys, the signs were there. Who didn't know I was queer? I mean, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And also, actually, this I feel like this is true. Also, because they they do in the ad break, because we still fucking watch it on TV where there's (laughs) ads, like, two minutes of ads between like 10 mm-hmm. minutes of television um there are ads direct like targeting queer people on aussie like australian tv really during- yeah 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 yeah. Huh. absolutely like heaps and every time i'm just like damn it <laughs> like i always get queer baited by ads <laughs> when i watch MasterChef. Love so it. yeah so this season like you know there was there were just like the best of the best like they were amazing yeah. and they were bringing they're so like they have they're not it's not like they're home cooks cooking oh. um their own cuisine anymore like they're these are previous master chef contestants oh yeah that have returned after like a few years so they've had a career since um being on master chef so they're like technically trained and also they have that like intergenerational knowledge mm-hmm. um and they were just like serving it. It was an amazing season. <laughs> and these white men had the fucking audacity to like belittle their skills and like their techniques. And it was just outstanding. So like, did Melissa was- like interrupt and like did Melissa then redirect the conversation back to how good it was? Like is every that- time. Oh good. Every time. single time. And she would always bring it back to like um, you know, like this is an expression of like your culture or like this is an expression of your identity. And I've never seen so many people fucking cry on MasterChef oh. in a good way. But usually on MasterChef, those cunts are like, oh, this is the, like, this is too spicy or like, um, why isn't there meat in this or whatever, you know? But like, uh, and then someone cries because they're like Sad. being hurt. Yeah. But then like Melissa Leon will be like, this is like a magical, and then like magical music will play behind <laughs> Melissa, and I just like wiggle my fingers, like jazz hands, him, wiggling my fingers like jazz hands to convey that. And and she'll be like, "This is a like beautiful expression of your identity and culture." And then someone will start crying and be like, "My parents and I had a child." restaurant and everyone was fucked to us and i'm so i just want to make them proud and then we'll be like at home crying and like it was a great season like honestly melissa young has single-handedly revived the australian master chef i want to watch it i'm gonna find a way to watch it you should watch it it's so good i'm going to i feel like having a bit of a cry and it's like sunday and it's cold yeah i'm gonna do it i'm gonna have a little cry over master chef it's very good. I mean, you might not get it in the first couple of episodes, but probably at least by episode five, you might cry. Maddie, have you met me? I cry at everything. I'm sure I will cry yeah. early on. There's also butch representation. <gasps> uh, there's a, 
one or two butchers in this season. Oh my god! There's at least one very pertinent butch to this season. Why didn't you open with this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm always looking for butch representation. Finally, God, MasterChef yeah. Australia bringing it home this year. Oh, it was a great year for MasterChef. <sighs> All right, so pop culture this week. Was that not pop culture? Oh, I suppose that was pop culture, but that was <laughs> that was important. That was it had to be covered. Yeah. Any pop culture content this week? Um, I can't think of anything else. What else? I've been watching um the new reboot of Charmed. Does that count? Oh, oh yeah. Do you want to talk about the um? Old cast versus new cast drama. I do Charmed. kind of. I sent that. Did I? I sent you that article right where it was like um, the new cast being very gracious um in response to so Holly Marie Combs she played Piper, um mm-hmm. and Rose McGowan who played Paige who replaced Prue, which I hated. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of went on Facebook Live, and kind of I don't really know the context behind it, but I guess they were talking about like how shit it like. Rose McGowan was literally like, it sucks. I've never seen it, but I know it sucks. And then the new cast were kind of like, that's not very nice and supportive. Like, we were very excited to be part of this new Charmed reboot. And, you know, as opposed to supporting women and a more diverse cast, you were kind of just taking it down. Because I guess because they put a lot of effort and work into the first series themselves personally, they weren't just actors in it. They also kind of wrote and directed and produced. So they got a lot of... um ownership of the first kind of edition but it still was not a very nice attitude to have no it seemed like you know it 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 came across quite tired like in Mm. the sense that like rose mcgowan and um holly marie combs seemed to just be like drunk together and mad (laughs) that the old charms got removed off netflix which like fair enough because you know fair enough in one sense because like like be mad about that um because the two can absolutely coexist and absolutely like, you no know, one is improved by the other like they have they exist together agree um there's no you taking one of them off netflix in my view but like yeah the way that they then like so holly marie combs is like oh they took um the original charms of netflix like i wonder why that is definitely not because the new ones on there and then <laughs> Rose McGowan's like, oh, it's shit anyway. Um, and probably not with that. She's she turned into like a 45-year-old Australian woman. <laughs> um, she's like, it's shit anyway and I'm not seeing it, but it's shit. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. Rose McGowan just put a sock in it, man. Like, I fucking loved her as Paige. Like, I was about to say, I know that you had a little affinity for Rose McGowan back in the day. Yeah, like, go, why, why can't we, why couldn't we have stayed there where Rose McGowan was paid, she was hot, and <laughs> it was normal. And then now, like, she's raging, like, she's on. <laughs> she is raging. I stopped watching um, the original series after season three because I just absolutely, I tried, I kept going, but I was like, no, this isn't the same. I was watching for Prue and for her energy, and she was, Without her, I just didn't feel like there was any point in going on. It was the best. Yeah, I feel like without the butch energy, it's not the same. <laughs> the what? The butch energy. You think Prue is butch? Yeah, she wore a leather jacket and rode a motorcycle. <laughs> oh my god, do you reckon that's why I loved her? Yeah, Hundo. Oh, it'll make sense. Yeah. I'm having like a moment of self reflection and I'm like, yeah, that was probably it. She did wear a lot of leather pants as well. It was implied. I feel it was implied that Prue was a lesbian. I can't remember if she had a. She probably did have a relationship with a man, didn't she? She had Andy. Show. He was a cop, and then he died. And then after that, she just kind of like she banged a demon once, I think. And then mm-hmm. that was pretty much it. Oh my god, Prue was a full-on butch. She's a lesbian. Yeah, Prue. Prue was an implied lesbian. But on the new series, Mel is a lesbian feminist. She gang. is, and it's actually like joyous representation of lesbians and not devastatingly sad all the time or set in a period piece. So that's really exciting. I really am enjoying it. 
I get a bit confused though because it's not like episodic stories like that's wrapped up with a bow. It definitely keeps okay. going more of like a, it's like a seasonal storyline. And because I watch it while I work, I feel like I miss very key details and I'm not sure who's evil or not. But I'm really enjoying it and I like the lesbians. I feel like it does keep you guessing and like it kind of tries to blur the line between good and evil. Not super successfully, but <laughs> I think by the end of the season you sort of get it. Um, but oh, what's I gonna say? Oh, have you seen Jay the episodes with Jada yet? No. Oh, okay. Jada comes? No, 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 not IRL Jada. Like oh. Jada is a lesbian character on the show. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm not there yet. I've only seen Nico, like, dis- uh, spoiler alert. There was Nico. She was a character. She was a bit boring, though. Um, So I'm excited to see what's new for Mel. Yeah. Also, Nico does, she does bring a watch into the show briefly as well. So there's that. But I'm not sure you'll be impressed by this butch. I don't think she's meant to be impressive. I think she's meant to be, like, you know. Okay, I'm intrigued. I'm gonna keep watching. I'm I'm invested. I'm like halfway through the first season, so that's good. I love it. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with it. The reboot. This um this is my second time watching the first season. <laughs> I just finished watching the first season for the second time. I just did you ever watch um Vita? Yes. You told me to watch Vita. Yeah. Did you finish it? Yeah, I loved it. And they didn't fucking renew it. I can't believe it. I know. I really, really, really wanted more of it because I was like. Finally, yes, I needed this show in my life, and then it just disappeared. I know. I feel like yeah. So Vita was a show about um two Latinx women um living in LA. I mm-hmm. assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was LA. Um, in a suburb of LA. I'm sorry, I can't remember the name. <laughs> um, and they yeah, there's a lot of spoilers like in that I could give away for the first episode, and like it's too important. So just watch it but there is um very high quality queer content and the I don't know for me like even though I'm you know I'm not Latinx and I don't live in LA <laughs> like the representation of being queer in that show is probably the closest that I've seen in like a Hollywood style production yeah would you say I totally agree I've loved every single second of that show yeah so I feel like Charm the re- Charmed reboot has sort of filled that hole for me because this, even though this is completely unrealistic and yeah. this acting is questionable yeah. at points. Um, I know what you mean, though. Like, that vibe yeah. is kind of similar. Yeah, 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 you're really... It's, it, it is, but there's also that added, very tacky, over-the-top um, special effects. Which, so it, maybe it's better. <laughs> yeah, it's different, but it's, it's filling the hole at the moment. Oh, good. I'm glad it's filling your hole. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to say that. Yeah. <laughs> you did. Good evening, Ash. Good chat. Good morning, Maddie. <laughs> Do we hate it yet? Mm, I don't hate it. All right. Great. Lives to see another week. Bye. Well, certainly seemed like we had a few things to get up our chest this week. Um, as always, hope you enjoyed. Please come back uh, next week for episode six who are we i can't believe we've stayed committed this long um and obviously you're already listening but just in case we are now on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, um spotify alexa bloody amazon tune in wherever you can find a podcast we're pretty much there so tell your friends and if you have any questions please let us know again um these can be astrology related um pop culture or just like real life whatever we'll answer anything um thanks again hope you have a lovely week <laughs>